Hello, welcome to Raising Eco Minimalists, a podcast that acts as a community and a resource guide for anyone raising kids who care about their mind, body, community, and planet. I'm Laura, your host. I'm mom to a six year old son, and half the time, I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Sometimes I feel super lost and alone, and that's where this podcast comes in. Well, thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Raising Eco Minimalists. As always, a huge thank you for spending your time with me today. I know that you have a lot on your plate, and I just really appreciate you being here. On today's episode, I'm going to be sharing a ton of tips and resources on eco friendly, kid friendly swaps that save you money. So when it comes to eco swaps, they don't all save us money, right? Some of them, not only do they have a steep upfront cost, but overall they just may be more expensive in the long run, but we prioritize them over other things, for example. But there are a lot of swaps out there that do save us money and Also, bonus, they are minimalist friendly too. So really encompassing the eco-minimalism topic that we talk about on here every episode. (laughs) So before we get in though, I want to share a couple of things. So the first is thank you so much to everyone who has been leaving ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple. I see them. I love them. They make me smile. And thank you. If you haven't left one yet, this is probably the easiest and it's also free. Talking about saving money today, it's a free way that you can support the show. So the more five-star ratings and reviews that a podcast has, this tells Spotify or Apple that this is something that they should be promoting. So it can help share the word on eco-minimalism and raising conscious kids, get that information in front of people who may need it. So I have linked instructions on how to leave a review and rating on both Spotify and Apple in the show notes. So if you're not sure how, don't worry about it. Just find those links. I think they're at the end of all the, the content in the show notes. To kind of celebrate and as a thank you for those of you who have left a review, I am going to start sharing those on each solo episode that I do. So today's review goes to an anonymous source. Apple has created a goofy name, (laughs) but Flabbergast Caddy Wampus. So This person says, great podcast, great resources and interviews. I'm in the early middle of my eco-friendly green minimalist journey, parenthesis, meaning I have made some green swaps, mostly floundering, (laughs) and parenthesis, and I love the resources and compassion here. Thought-provoking and really good for baby steps. Just listen to episode 10 with Jen Gale, British accent, swoon, and there are so many inspiring ideas. 
Well, thank you, flabbergast Caddy Wampus, whoever you are out there. I so appreciate the lovely review, and I'm glad you liked the episode with Jen Gale. It was a fun one if you haven't listened to it yet. She is the author of a book called The Sustainable-ish Guide to Green Parenting, and so you can hear all about it in that interview. Again, that's episode 10 of the podcast. All right. The next thing I want to quickly share with you is that I have spent months creating a resource that is going to help you find your sustainability personality. So what does that even mean? So when it comes to fighting the climate crisis, a lot of times those people get labeled as activists. And I think that word has a lot of negative connotation to it, where like if you're just making eco-minimalist swaps, you could be considered an activist. We all have a clear picture, I think, of the you know stereotypical person that we would consider who an activist is, but that's not the case at all. And so I want to help you identify your hobbies, your passions, your skills, and how you can direct those into the sustainability movement to help the fight against climate change. So this quiz is super quick. It's like nine questions and really easy. And it's just supposed to help you narrow down your focus a little bit. And I list kind of the uh, strengths of, of this personality that you get. And then I also list very specific examples of tasks or jobs. I put that in quotes, not like an actual job, but things that you can do within this personality. So for example, one is creator. And so one example would be if you are a graphic designer, maybe you contact a local environmental organization and ask them if they need graphic design work done, something like that. So the point is just that I'm hoping to expand our views on what type of work can be done and needs to be done within the climate crisis movement so that we can all contribute what we have available. So anyway, if that sounds of interest to you, I would love it if you took the quiz. Let me know what you got. I've gotten really good responses so far. People have really enjoyed taking it, and the result matched their personality, which was really cool. So I'll link to it in the show notes. Again, it's free. It's super quick. I just wanted to let you know about it because it's it's kind of a fun fun thing. So, all right. Let's dive in to the kid-friendly eco swaps that will save you money. So, when it comes to swaps, it's kind of interesting that I was just talking about uh, a greater effort being put towards the climate crisis. And now I'm immediately talking about swaps. So sometimes I feel like swaps get frowned on because the idea exists that they don't make a difference. And I'm going to challenge that thought process because it is true that me swapping out my paper towels for unpaper towels is not going to make a dent in the climate crisis. However, I think it does a few things. The first thing is that 
it gets me in the mindset of reducing. It gets me in the mindset of identifying areas where there is single use, where there's waste, areas that I could re-look and re-examine to say, do I really need to do it this way? Because I think a lot of times, like we'll stick with the paper towel example, you know, you grow up, everyone had paper towels, well, pretty much everyone, at, at least in my life. I went off to college, I just continued to buy paper towels because I didn't know there was a, di- a different way. I didn't know there was another way to, to, to do it. And it wasn't, you know, until I was in my 20s, 30s, it was probably like late, late 20s that I was like, oh, I could use cloth. Like, I don't have to use paper. <laughs> so sometimes we just do things because that's how we've always done them and we don't know another way. And so I think starting to implement these swaps at home, it's kind of, for me, it's a little bit addictive in a way where it's like, ooh, where else can I make change and reduce waste? And also, incorporate the minimalism aspect because now I'm not having to store all the paper towels. I'm not having to remember to put them on the grocery list or keep mental track of the inventory. So all in all, beneficial. The second thing that I think making swaps at home does is the climate crisis is overwhelming. It's stressful. It causes grief and guilt and a lot of heavy emotions. And because unfortunately making swaps at home isn't going to change the world, it can feel defeating. And so I think that having these swaps at home gives you the sense of a little tiny bit of control in a land, a world, a society that feels so out of control and overwhelming. And so sometimes if you just need to hone in and focus on your compost bin and feel good about that, then that is just fine. The third thing that I think swaps are important for is what I call, and other people call, the ripple effect. So I am doing my stuff at home. I maybe share about some of it on Instagram or my personal Facebook page or I have friends over, you know, what was obviously happening way more before COVID. But they'll, these people start to see these different swaps. And again, it triggers like, oh, I, I, there's another way to do this or they really like the idea or think it would be a good fit into their life and they start implementing a swap and then people come over to their house or they're talking about it and so on and so on and so pretty soon we're making changes and we're already seeing this companies are already and have been especially in the last couple years working towards alternative packaging uh places like Earth Hero, which when they first contacted me like three years ago, nobody knew about them. They kind of were advertising themselves as the eco-friendly Amazon. I don't think they probably <laughs> say that anymore, but it's becoming huge. It's it's a, such a huge platform now. And it just, 
change is happening, even though it's slow and slower than most of us would like. It is happening. So those are kind of the three reasons that I think it's still important to incorporate swaps. And then, of course, the one that we're talking about today, which is some of the swaps will save you money. And when we're looking at the economy and inflation, people are really struggling right now. And so any way that we can save money is beneficial for the minimalist aspect in our lives, which is making sustainability sustainable for us. And so if we're stressed and worried about money, chances are we're not going to have a lot of extra mental or even physical energy to put towards putting in work towards the climate crisis. So I'm splitting up this episode into two parts. So the first is general tips. So these are just kind of very broad type of <laughs> of ideas. And then the second part, I'm sharing a few very specific eco swaps that we use in our house with my son um, that have saved us money over the long run. So we've been using most of them for years. And so at this point, they're saving us money but maybe not necessarily immediately if 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 you need to buy them up front. But we'll get to those when we get there. But for now, let's start with some general tips. So number one, use what you have. <laughs> so often, I think we're just ingrained due to marketing that if something breaks, if we need something, we just go and buy it. Well, the most sustainable thing you can use is the one that you already own. So when it comes to having to buy something new, see if there's something else that you can use instead at home or going into tip number two, wait. And what this is, is if you have to buy something, either say something breaks or you just, you need, think you need something else. Set a specific amount of time and just wait and see if you can either do without or if you can get it secondhand, if you can fix it, or if you can use something else instead. So I always like to give the example, and this is not kids specific, but in a way it is. So we like to have, my husband and I like to drink freshly ground coffee. So we buy the beans and we had a coffee grinder and it broke. And so instead of rushing out to buy a new one, we waited. And I tried a few different (laughs) tactics to grind our coffee beans with things that we already owned and it just didn't work. And so I put a post out onto my local Buy Nothing group at the time and asked if anybody had a coffee grinder they're getting rid of. And lo and behold, somebody did. And so I was able to get that. So, but if I were just to rush out to buy something new, I wouldn't have been able to one, save money and two, be able to buy something secondhand. So those two tips go together, but they're very important. And I think you might find that you can do without as much as you maybe think that you can. 
if that makes sense. The third tip, the buy nothing group. If you haven't checked your area to see if you have one, definitely do so. They are becoming so popular and it's fun to see all the different things that these groups are doing. So the one that we don't have one in my new community, but we do have a a free page. And so essentially, I guess the same thing, it just doesn't have quite the community aspect that the Buy Nothing group promotes. But my old group had rotating clothing totes. And so they had totes for each size. I believe it was just women's clothing and it would just get passed around. And I've heard of other groups doing stuff like that. I know some groups meet up for swaps. It's it's really about the community building and the sharing economy. So that is my recommendation for tip number um, three here. And if you don't have a buy nothing group or it's not active, check if you have a like a free buy sell trade group for your area. That's what I did and ended up finding. And so I'm in that group. So that's a tip if if you're not sure about the buy nothing group. Number four, if you can't use what you have, if you've determined by waiting that you do actually need to purchase something and you can't get it for free from your buy nothing group or a friend or family member, then buy second hand. So garage sales are huge in the summer, so those are great options. Otherwise, of course, your local thrift store or online thrift shop. For kids items especially, because they grow out of them so quickly, are always really popular things to find second hand. And I have an episode that I talk with Addie of Old World New, and it's episode six, and she gives some fantastic tips that I have since implemented since that episode for buying secondhand and use kids' gear uh, and clothes. So she and her family, their wardrobe is like over 90% or 95% secondhand. So she's got some great tips. So definitely go check that out if you're interested in learning um, some secrets for buying kids items secondhand. Continuing with the buy nothing, buy secondhand, sharing economy stuff, consider hosting a toy swap or a clothes swap, or both, with your community. So I have a guide on how to do this, and so I will link to it in the show notes, but you can do this with just your friends, which I have done. We made it like a mom's night out, and it was really fun. You can do it with your buy nothing group. You can do it between neighbors, mom's group, or as big as community-wide. So It's a great way to swap gear out that you don't need, which is yay, goodbye clutter, and a great way to get things in that you would have had to buy. So definitely check out that guide on how to do it. I think it might be easier than you think. It seems overwhelming, but you can make it as complex or as simple as you want. The next option is utilize your libraries. So we know about the book libraries. And I would say that if you haven't been to your local book library in a while, it's definitely a good idea to 
get that library card <laughs> up to date. Um, and even maybe if your kid's old enough, get them one. And it really starts to teach them responsibility and taking care of books and stuff. But the point that I wanted to make about the book library, besides from, of course, books, is to remind you that they also many have e-books, electronic books, and audiobooks. So I've done both. They usually utilize it through an app. It's super easy to use and, of course, free. Many book libraries have also started renting out things like puzzles and games. Some have toys. Some have tools and kitchen items. I mean, it's really starting to become much more than just books for some places. So our local library does games and puzzles, which is awesome. And so if you haven't checked recently, I would recommend doing so. And if they don't at all, perhaps just ask and see if it's something they've ever considered. The other type of book library is your local free little library, which I love. We've got a couple here in our new area, and I really want to put one up at our new house. So we'll see about that. In my episode where I talked with Dr. Artika, she shared that the Free Little Library organization has a special program for free little libraries that want to commit to supplying diverse books. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's an amazing, amazing episode. Very, very informative. And it's episode 24. The next library that I want you to check in your area to see if they have or you have is a toy library. So I went searching for a toy library in our area and I was actually really surprised when I was looking through my state of Minnesota to find that there's a lot of entities or resources for renting toys that I would not have considered. So there's a lot of ECFE groups that will rent toys and other organizations. So there's like a U.S. toy library organization and they have a locator. And so I will link to that in the show notes so that you can look in your area too to see if there are any toy libraries or places renting out toys that you can utilize because that's a great way to save money and reduce clutter. Okay, moving along here, the next one that I want to talk about is reducing commitments. So kids, sports, camps, activities, like those can all be really expensive. And there's research out there that's showing that our kids are way overscheduled and way overwhelmed. I have an episode of the podcast, it's episode 16, that where I share tips about how to stop overscheduling. And this is tips that I use and also tips that are research-backed to, and I also talk about the effects of overscheduling our kids. So this summer, I am encouraging you to look at your calendar and see if there's anything that you realistically could 
not do or reduce. And take a listen to that episode again, episode 16, uh, if you want more tips on how to reduce commitments. The next tip is prioritize outside time. So many local parks and rec programs, cities, counties will host free summer series events. So lots of times it's like music events. Uh, Some do kid-friendly ones where they have like a puppet show or a magician or maybe the zoo brings a couple animals and they'll do these at parks and oftentimes they're free. Well, take a look at your local city, local county, and see if any of those are available. Other free options are exploring local nature centers, doing picnics, going on nature hikes, even just through your neighborhood. You can do nature scavenger hunts. And these are all just really fun, free things for kids to do and get connected to nature, which is super important. And again, linking back to an episode that I have, I talked with Jess Purcell of Thoughtfully Sustainable, and this is episode five, and we talk about nature for kids and building that connection and why it's important. And so if you're interested in getting your kids outside more and connected to nature, that's a really great resource. And she shares a lot of very specific things that you can do with kids that are mostly free. So the next one that kind of coincides with these other ones is walk, bike, skate to places. So if there's areas that you can reduce your commuting, that's going to help save on gas. It's going to help build that nature connection. It's going to help mental health because you're getting outside and moving your body if you're able, of course. And it just kind of slows down, slows you down and lets you appreciate your neighborhood and your area more than if you were just driving. Make a, a goal to walk to one place a week and see how that goes, if you're able, of course, or bike or skate or however, however you can. And just see how it goes. See if if it if you have fun, see if your kids like it. And of course, if you don't, you can just keep driving. But <laughs> that's my goal for you. Okay. So let's see. The next tip: upcycle clothing. So I don't know about you, but I'm kind of starting to switch over some of my son's clothing from his winter to spring and summer. And I will just quick shout out the capsule wardrobe episode with Aaron of My Green Closet. It's episode eight. And I have implemented a capsule wardrobe after listening and well, listening and <laughs> doing the interview for the episode. And it's so it's been such a, a big, it's made such a big difference in my son's wardrobe and trying to manage that. So go listen to that if you haven't already, but upcycle clothing. So yeah, I'm I'm switching over and he's got a lot of pants that their knees are worn or they're already ripped or long sleeve shirts that the sleeves are kind of beat up at the end. And so They're at the point where I can't pass them along, but I can upcycle them. So I can change the pants into shorts and then 
voila, he's got shorts for the summer already. And I'm going to cut the long sleeves. Probably I'll just cut them at the seam um, by the shoulder and make them into tank tops that he can wear for the summer. So I've already got some of my clothes for the summer that I know fit him and that will save me money on having to buy more. <laughs> okay, the next option is cut back on the convenience items. So I know that this can be a really hard area for people. It is for me, I fully admit that. And, but the reason is that these convenient, I'm thinking mostly of like snacks and um, drinks and such are usually more expensive and they create more waste. So if you can't start switching all of your convenient snacks into more waste friendly options, pick one that you think you could reasonably buy either in bulk or a bigger size and divvy it out individually on your own, something like that. Again, don't beat yourself up too much if you can't do this. I get the convenience aspect. I buy my son convenience stuff that because he packs his snack for school and that really helps our morning go much smoother. <laughs> and so it's just much easier for him to be able to grab and go. So I get it, but I had to throw it in there because the convenience snacks do cost more money. And the last general tip that I have for you is to start a garden. So gardening with kids can be equally parts rewarding and frustrating. And I'm not going to go too much into detail here because I, again, have an episode on this. It's episode four. It's a solo episode with me on how to garden with kids and why it's important. But Growing a garden, of course, will help save you money, and it's just a fun way to connect with your kids, connect with the earth. It provides tons of educational opportunities like where do where does your food come from and the science behind a seed growing. So you can get books from the library or a free little library on seeds, and it's just, it's, it's really fun in my opinion. <laughs> and I'm biased, but yeah, so start a garden and if you're if you're not sure where to start or you feel overwhelmed by it, start with something like herbs. Uh, fresh herbs are expensive, and so if you grow basil or I find that parsley and dill are pretty easy to grow, uh just start there and and see how it goes. And you can save a little bit of money at least with that. And you can always dry the herbs at the end of the season or bring them inside so you don't have to, you can still utilize what's left of the harvest. All right. So quickly, I'm going to get into specific swaps that I make at home with my family and my son. And the first one is to do with food. So we already talked about the convenience factor and trying to find at least one, maybe two ways that you can divvy up your own so that we can reduce that waste. But the other thing is just overall reducing food waste. So I've got an another episode on 
reducing food waste with kids. It's with Allison of Ends and Stems. And so that one has a lot of tips. I also have a blog post if you'd rather read something about it. I will share that in the show notes. Um, But seeing if you can reduce food waste, because if we think about food waste, not only are we wasting the food and all the resources and energy that has gone into growing, harvesting, storing that item, it's also essentially just throwing money away. So trying to reduce food waste from the beginning is is an important, important piece. The other way that we have reduced food waste in my family is to start an eat me now section in our fridge. So we used to have a box, but now we just have a designated half a shelf. And that's where all the leftovers produce that needs to be eaten, snacks, anything like that, that all goes there. And so if somebody's hungry, they're looking for a snack or something for lunch, for example, they start there first. And that has helped us make sure that things don't get shoved into the back of a fridge and lost forever. (laughs) So the Eat Me Now fridge, super easy, free, And it's something that everybody can get on board with. The next one is doing science experiments at home with things that you already have at home. So I have an episode with Medina and she's science teacher mom. And she talks about ways to do fun science things at home using things you already have. And so it's something fun. It's something different. They're not hard. She's got tons of resources on her website and social media. So take a listen to that episode and then you can implement some of those experiments on your own. And it's a great way to not only entertain your kids, but learn with your kids. So you don't have to know all the answers. And that's something that she talks about. You just need to have fun and be willing to learn with them. The next tip that I want to share is hand soap. (laughs) So this is so specific, but I have found that my son, when we have either the liquid foaming soap or the gel, we go through it so much faster. And I'm sure the adults in the household are guilty too. We just use too much. And I don't want to discourage using soap because I feel like sometimes that's half the battle with my son. <laughs> but on the other hand, it costs money. So One way that we have solved that is by using hand soap. We just don't seem to go through it as much as we do the liquid soap. And so I think we save money by using it. And one tip for hand soap is I usually will cut it into half, the bar in half, and put the other bar either back in the box or a bag uh, to save that. And that seems to help the longevity as well. The next one is unpaper towels, unpaper tissues, and unpaper napkins. So these are all items that you can just upcycle old towels or clothes. Some of my favorite unpaper tissues are this fleece 
material from an old swaddle of my son's that the zipper was broke and it had stains and just not able to be repaired or passed along. And so I upcycled them and I've been using them. My son is six and a half now. And so he was in a swaddle like five years ago. probably more. And I've been using them since then. And they're still my favorite. And especially as we're in allergy season right now, they're, I just love on paper tissues. Never have to worry about, mostly for any of these, the paper towels, the napkins, or the tissues. I never running out or keeping that mental inventory, going shopping for them. It's, it's great, honestly. So All of those items, again, you can just upcycle, use what you have, clothes, towels, all that stuff. The next one is kind of another very specific one, but it's an aloe vera plant. And so I don't know about you, but summer, just all sorts of skin ailments, for lack of a better word. Even just yesterday, we were playing outside as a family and my son took a major dive on the gravel road and he's got that road rash all over his chest and his elbows. And so it just happens. You're outside more, bug bites, all that stuff. So aloe vera plant, I got it free. They propagate fairly easily. So I think you could check locally within your community to see if anybody has one that they'd be willing to split for you. And it's just a really great cost-effective way for to address some skin ailments. Now, I don't use it in place of like antibiotic cream or ointment or anything like that. This is just for like sunburns and and some healing properties after we've cleaned up stuff. But we really like it and again, it's free. And aloe is super good for the skin. So consider that if you, like me, find yourself treating a lot of skin stuff in the summer. (laughs) All right. So the next two kind of go hand in hand, reusable straws and reusable popsicle molds. So my son loves to have smoothies or fun drinks, fruit infused drinks (laughs) in the summer, and he loves popsicles. And so We have purchased both of these things. I would try looking for them used now, but we did purchase new. We've had them for years, though, so we are definitely starting to save money on these items. So if you can find them used or you can borrow them from somebody or from your buy nothing group, they will definitely help save you money. And it's fun. My son loves to help make popsicles and he loves coming up with different fruit flavors. The next is reusable water bottles, of course. We I am always using my reusable water bottles. I use them daily and we just, for my son, just use, usually just use one that we already had on hand. And so, but that goes everywhere with us. That goes to, if he has any activities that goes with him, it goes to school with him. Uh, And it also helps save money because we're not buying bottled water. Now this of course is because we, are fortunate and privileged enough to have safe water to drink. I know that's not the case for everybody, uh, but if you do have safe water and you are, and you know, I always get the question when I talk about reusable items and sunning them with your kids, if I'm worried about them getting lost. And yes, that is always a uh, concern, I suppose, but 
I think it's comes down to, you know, your kids and my kid, he'll leave it places like at school, for example, but he is really good about keeping track of it. And I did put his name and uh, his class on it, you know, for school at least. And so the one time he left it in a gym or something, they were able to get it back to him. So uh, I haven't had a big issue with it, but again, you know your kid and just kind of go from there. The last specific tip that I have is about DIY cleaners. So summer, I just think of a lot of mud and dirt, which is fine, but sometimes that is a little bit more cleaning on my end. And so for just general everyday cleaning, I just use a vinegar water mixture. Sometimes I'll infuse that. Do uh, infused vinegar with oranges. You can do it with pine needles. Some people add essential oils. We tend to not use those because we have cats, but we do try to infuse and make them smell good other ways. And especially if you're growing a lot of herbs and stuff, you can infuse the vinegar with different herbs. So just to recap the general tips that we talked about today on ways to save money that are eco-friendly, eco-minimalist friendly with kids, use what you have, wait, then upcycle or buy secondhand, check out your buy nothing group or local free group. Uh, Again, buy kids items secondhand, utilize toy swaps and close swaps with community members, neighbors, friends and family. Check out your book library, the free little libraries, and see if there's a toy library in your area. Reduce commitments. Prioritize time outside with free events or just exploring your local area. Walk, bike, skate to places if you're able at least once a week. That's the goal. I'd love to hear how it goes for you. Upcycle clothing into summer items if you have any that can't be passed along. Try to find one convenient item, snack item, drink item that you can buy bigger and individually package on your own. Consider starting a garden or planting at least a couple of fruits or veggies or herbs and do it with your kids. That is all I have for you. That's a lot of information. (laughs) I appreciate you being here. If you have any kid-friendly eco-minimalist swaps that help save you money, I'd love to hear about it. I will share the results if I hear from any of you in my next solo episode and so that we can continue to learn from each other. And really remember with these Take a couple of them that you think you can realistically implement. Start with that first, and then you can always come back and a couple more (laughs) once you get the first two down. I'll put the whole list in the show notes so you can always return back and, and see here. I will have a master list of the eco swaps my family and I make that save us money. So this will go just beyond kids, will go beyond kids stuff. So it's, it's huge. And where I'm able, I do actually share the breakdown of the expense of an item if we had to buy it versus what we're actually saving on it. So take a look, 
look out for that. It will be published soon and so you can get a little bit better idea of how we're saving money. So as always, in order to live sustainably, it has to be sustainable for you. Keep that in mind. Leave a rating and review. Take the sustainability personality quiz. And I hope you have a great rest of your May if you're listening at the time that this publishes. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Raising Eco Minimalists. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review and a rating on Apple and Spotify. You can find out how to do so in the show notes. Additionally, if you want to reach out to me with questions, comments, reflections on the episode, you're always welcome to do so via my email or any of my social media platforms also linked within the show notes. Finally, Please remember that in order to live sustainably, it has to be sustainable for you. Thanks. Bye.